Buzzkill. 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 Blah, blah, blah. Buzzkill. most killingest recovery podcast anywhere in the world for realies um you know i have some scientific evidence to actually back this up which i seem to have misplaced hmm. but nevertheless you are listening to one of the most popular pods around the recovery space and for that i am very grateful for every single one of you you know most of you i don't know it would be kind of weird if I knew you all. Um, but I have a feeling that if we were to sit down and we were to have a lovely cup of coffee or tea or Gatorade or kombucha, 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 I don't know how you pronounce it, <laughs> um, we would find that we have a lot in common. You know, I imagine you are the sensitive type a bit. Perhaps you want others to like you and you're always seeing what you can do to help others, to a fault even. And I bet you you're a heart on your sleeve type of person, aren't you? I am sure that as we sat across from one another at a cafe, the smell of croissants and, I don't know, laptops overheating, (laughs) wafting into the air, we'd find out that we're both the type that really, really cares about others. You're a giver. And look, even if you're not all of these, you're still a kind and groovy person. I think any of us in recovery are that type, you know, that empathetic, intuitive, thoughtful type. You're my kind of peeps, all of you. So I'm really, really glad that you're here. Um, Earlier in the week, I put out a a call on all my social media platforms, that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, about what you wanted me to talk about on the good old BK here. And I have to say, if this was a race, Twitter would have annihilated the rest of (laughs) y'all. You know, the, the hashtag recovery posse beat the living snot out of all the platforms, IG got shamed. Instagram got shamed by me a little bit through a video. Enough that great guy that I know, Randy, he came around to save the dignity of Instagram and responded with some wonderful insight into this particular topic today, which I am going to dive into soon. But you know what? You guys came up with some really fantastic topics, seriously. And my part here Um, is to really look into these things, to research them and give them my all. You know, I don't half-ass on the podcast. um, So I just want to make sure I do you guys justice with these topics. Now, I'm not going to be doing these Ken Burns (laughs) length type docs here, but uh, I'll do my darn tootin' best uh, to deliver something worthwhile of your earbuds and your time, especially those AirPods. They're expensive. I got to make it worth it. (laughs) So... Um, so today I wanted to jump on the topic that got a lot of traction uh, on all the platforms and that many folks had had something to say about, and that is running and recovery. And I think it covers big territory because there's a lot of runners who, you know, may not be in recovery, but know, you know, people in their running clubs or running circles who are, or, you know, they may have mental health issues and can relate to those in recovery because a lot of two, times those two are, are connected. 
Um, and there are, of course, a lot of clean and sober folks who run. Um, but, you know, also do other things like yoga and hiking and whatnot and understand the idea of getting out there. So, and yes, Wendy, Wendy, I did mention yoga. Um, you know, yoga and recovery is a huge thing. I'd say it's bigger than running. <laughs> so I think when it comes to covering that topic, I'm, I'm actually going to get someone on here to talk about it. It's not in my wheelhouse, but I know there's a lot of people who teach yoga and are either in recovery themselves or well-versed in it. So, But today, it's going to be about us runner types. So before I release the sting, as they say, uh, to signify a small break in the program, pause and grab yourself that Gatorade or you know, kombucha, kombucha, again, I have to look that up, or someone tell me, please, um, you know, get whatever it is, your runnerly things, your body glide, I don't know what it is, get yourself in the mood, or perhaps if you're about to press uh, the button on your Garmin or, or Polar as you listen to this on your own run, that's really cool too, either way, it's gonna be a good one, guys, hold on. Plus kill. See, that's what we call a sting. Anyway, so what's with all these ex-addicts running around, hitting trails, pounding on road races, and dancing around the mountains on those ultra-marathons? Why are we seeing more and more folks who were used to dodging laced drugs now lacing up their shoes and dodging foot traffic? See what I did there? Uh, (laughs) There are over 60 million runners in the United States alone. And the reasons for them heading out the door with their iPods or Sauconies on or whatever it is are varied. You know, from general exercise to training for races to weight loss to being part of a community, whatever it is, there are many reasons for the numbers of runners out there. It's been shown that running can increase the lifespan of regular runners by consistent runners by three years. Everything from reducing stress to help regulate certain body and brain functions to improve sleep to just a whole slew of other benefits. Running carries with it properties that are attractive. And for those in addiction recovery, many of those benefits can literally be lifesavers. So, you know, everyone's journey in running is different, addiction recovery or not. Running shifts the complexity of physical, mental, emotional, even spiritual states and conditions. And it's also really simple at the same time. It's got like one foot in front of the other. There's nothing complicated about putting on your shoes and bounding out the door and just running. You know, it doesn't involve like a a class schedule you know, unless you're in a running group, perhaps, or a huge investment. Although the idea that running is free is false. (laughs) There's a lot of things that you can pick up in running, but for the most part, it's not a really huge investment. Or it's not dependent on others or even the weather. I mean, you can just dress up and go, which is great. And this appeals to someone like me. You know, my introduction to running probably started about 35 years ago even though I've only been running for about five years. My dad, you know, I used to watch him. He's a, he was a regular runner. You know, he was always out there. And back in the 70s and 80s, you know, there was no GPS watches, no internet, no run selfies. <laughs> you know, there was just, you put on a basic Timex watch and you just went out and ran. And my dad, you know, he ran a few races, but for the most part, it was his way of decompressing and just to be alone with his thoughts and just kind of, you know, wash the day off or whatever it was. And I never had an inkling of doing it, never occurred to me um, until maybe about, you know, one day, about two or three years into my recovery, I woke up and said, let's try this running thing out. And I have to admit, I was influenced by a lot of recovery people I knew online who are running already. So I think they just (laughs) wore me down. So it was more of a subconscious, conscious thing. Um, Because, you know, when I woke up that day, it kind of surprised me as well. 
And so I did that Couch to 5K program, which if anyone out there is interested in getting into running, that program's awesome. Some of the best runners I know started with that program. And it's free. Just have to look it up online. You can get the app on your phone. It's, it's great. Now, I started it, and before I knew it, I got the bug. I had the bug. Runners know what I mean when I say that. I couldn't stop running. I was like Forrest Gump, but older and heavier, <laughs> not going as far. But I just had to run, you know, as if I tapped into something I didn't know I had, some sort of reservoir that was itching to be utilized. Now, and since then, I've run a few marathons, you know, a few half marathons, a couple 30Ks, and a few 10Ks. And I've had coaches in between, you know, I've been part of a club, I've certainly been injured a ton of times, I've had to take breaks, Um, and it's brought me through so many emotions, you know, it's been and continues to be the barometer of my own emotional and mental health, and it's an integral part of who I am and how I manage myself. In other words, I'm grumpy when I don't get out there, Um, but you know, it hits so many targets, and I'll be talking about them in a moment. To this hombre, there is nothing like running. There's no other exercise that affects me in the same way that running does. Not biking, not power walking, not team sports. There's just something about running that fills my bucket. And I know I'm not alone in that thinking. So what is it about running that addicts and alcoholics in recovery are drawn to, or many are? Well, let's start with the brain. We're going to go through a few things. Let's start with the brain. Now, before I go on, uh, I just do want to say that I'm basing uh, some of this stuff off an article that ran in Runner's World in 2017 by Caleb Daniloff. It's a great article if you ever want to kind of uh, clip into it because uh, it goes much deeper. But uh, I'm definitely going to pull some of his research to highlight some points here. So the brain. It could be so easy to get into like a 12-hour presentation on what drugs and alcohol do to the brain. Let's just say that drugs and alcohol mess up the brain. I think you know that. Mess it up big time. So Dr. John Rady, he's an associate clinical professor of psychiatry at the Harvard Medical School in Boston, says that when you begin to run, you get a boost in dopamine, noradrenaline, and serotonin, just as if you were taking a little bit of Prozac and a little bit of Ritalin. (laughs) So running releases drugs. Yippee! That's kind of cool. Um... You know, we've heard of the runner's high, which is really uh, a natural painkiller. The runner's high is there to mask tired legs and sore feet. Endorphins, I'm sure you've heard of that, are chemicals that act a lot like their medically engineered counterpart, morphine. There are natural painkillers. Now, scientists have found endorphins spewing out of the prefrontal and limbic regions, which is uh, which lights up in response to emotions like love. The greater the endorphin surge in these brain areas, the more euphoric the runner's reported feeling. Now, runners don't always get that running high. I think that might be a little bit of urban myth. I mean, I, I don't get it much myself, but man, when I do get it, oh, joy of bliss. It's, it's lovely. Um, running triggers production of endocannabinoids, which makes you happier and more focused. And there's one study led by Dr. Michael Usher at the University of London showed that even as little as 10 minutes of moderate exercise dulled the craving for a drink among recently detoxed alcoholics. Research at the University of Colorado even showed a possible reversal of cognitive brain damage in recovering alcoholics who exercised aerobically. And running, of course, is uh, aerobic um, exercise. You know, another thing running does 
is it helps to rebalance dopamine. And that's the feel-good brain chemical. And glutamate, which is the brain's main excitatory, that those that facilitate neurotransmitter uh, responsible for parts of, the, of our learning and memory. So this helps to reduce cravings and even repair drug-damaged parts of the brain, as just mentioned. Now, we all know that dopamine is the chemical that gets released when we're having, like, a really delicious meal, like uh, a big pizza, you know, or when we engage in sex. And when we find something that gives us that hit, any kind of hit like that, our brain makes sure to put it in that, ooh, that's nice (laughs) column. And for that, we seek it more often. Am I right? You know that rush you get when you down that rich chocolate cake or you're, you know, you're romping around. That's dopamine, guys. And ooh, just talking about that cake. A little hot in here. Because <laughs> so, it's cake. What can I say? Um, now, booze and drugs. They, of course, help to release dopamine. I mean, we feel euphoric, right? Have a few drinks or get a hit of whatever it is that you, you do and you're flying. Now, it feels so good. We start doing it over and over again. It's, it's in that, ooh, that's nice column I just mentioned. The only problem is that the brain gets used to it. And we need more of the drug to release more dopamine. And all we think of is, you know, getting that next drink to score next. And at the same time, we start producing less dopamine naturally to compensate for the tide of that outside stimuli. That means people with addictions need more drugs to achieve the same high and eventually to simply stave off the pain and anguish of that dopamine void. And so for those of you in recovery, you know what that looks like. You know, back in the day when you were drinking or drugging, it was that maintenance drinking or drugging. You know, you know when you're not getting much of a buzz anymore, but you're drinking and using just to feel normal, just to feel like okay, actually. And then when we stop, whoa, you know, we ride the struggle bus because we have no dopamine being produced naturally for a while. And that's when cravings hit and we feel depressed and all the fun stuff. (laughs) So running has been shown to reduce all that chemical sloshing up in our brain. You know, running regulates a lot of that stuff. And even though we may be in recovery, not dealing with, you know, the immediate issues of dopamine and other chemical imbalances, regular, consistent running can bring us still a level of joy and contentment that dopamine is there for in the first place. I mean, it's there for a reason. And I know for myself, when I would be craving sugar, which, you know, is another addiction I struggled with, um, a run would help. You know, the craving passed quicker. And that, and studies have shown that that happens. That the the craving uh, they they do uh, they've done a lot of things with nicotine because nicotine is uh, one of the strongest um, addictions that we can have. It's very intense, and even though cravings do pass eventually, running or any sort of aerobic exercise seem to help that go away quicker. So when I would go for a run, I forgot the fact that I was you know craving sugar big time. So, and here's the funny thing too. When I was drinking, back in the day, I used to play a lot of hockey, ice hockey, as you Americans would say. (laughs) In Canada, we just called it hockey. It's hockey. Um, But after the game, you know, we'd sit in the dressing room and chat and someone always brought beers. I think everyone had to take turns. I don't know. Um, Now, even as a raging booze hound, as I was back in the day, I never felt the need to have one. You know, it's like, I think it's because my dopamine got its full hit from the exercise. Like I rarely drank in the change room. You know, 
Now, later on, after that kind of buzz away, yeah, I'd go and have my drinks. But in that moment, my brain charged up on dopamine. I was good. But on the day-to-day type deal, you know, uh, you know, when I'm finished the run, everything is just good. You know, runners in addiction recovery and not in, you know, they, they used to feel this good state to help keep them on the beam, you know, to to help them when they're stressed and cortisol is coursing through their veins and to regulate their mood, regulate their moods because chemicals regulate moods. And I mentioned stress just now. And stress is important here. Stress can be a trigger for some people in recovery, especially early in recovery, right? Yeah, am I right? Um, running reduces stress many ways, but first and foremost, it reduces the cortisol and adrenaline in the system. Um, but also being out there in solitude with your thoughts and let your mind wander, you know, your, your, to let your mind create new ideas or come up with solutions to problems you may have, that relieves stress too. You know, removing yourself from the hustle and bustle of the work world or stressful home life can bring new energy to you. It can also help you reframe things and get a healthy perspective on things that may be bothering you. And one last shot, no pun intended, about brain chemicals. We all know that substance use disorders go hand in hand with other mental health issues, including depression and anxiety. By rebalancing neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin, running or exercise, you know, either or, alleviates symptoms of these conditions. And with them, the need to self-medicate. Now, this is not to say that running replaces medication, which is vitally needed, you know, with someone who has um, uh, severe anxiety or clinical depression. But a recent study has showed compelling evidence that, you know, breaking a sweat reduces symptoms of depression, especially when study, you know, when studies participate, uh, engaged in moderate to vigorous aerobic activities like running. And I know a lot of people uh, who suffer uh, varying degrees of depression and running is a huge part of their well-being. And so again, because, you know, addiction and mental health issues kind of go hand in hand, uh, you see a lot of that going back and forth. But again, Using running as a way to regulate a lot of the chemicals in the brain uh, also helps to really alleviate and, and sort of alleviate some of the stress and also to moderate our moods. So let's talk community and belonging. Again, we can go on forever about isolation and how that shows up in active addiction and recovery. In fact, uh, I've been talking a lot, uh, talking about isolation uh, a lot lately. If you're on Facebook, I mean, you can follow me there at Paul Silva Coaching, and you'll find a recent video I did talking about isolation. But the simple fact is that we, in our active addiction, isolated because we wanted to go to get away from you know judgments around our using, uh, to avoid hearing others being concerned about our usage, and also our addiction by nature demanded that we spend more time with it. You know, just think of all the t- time and energy we spent in you know thinking about buying, using, disposing, hiding all the stuff, all that kind of stuff to to keep our our lifestyle going. You know, and that takes time away from others and events. We isolated because we felt less connected to others, that, you know, they wouldn't understand us, that, you know, and we end up just, you know, these islands of our own that no one could get to, you know, we kind of burn the boats on that one. So running is a great way to connect with others and have a sense of belonging. There's countless running clubs, fitness groups who run, and races where people come together. 
there's also a lot of social um, social media, social online uh, presence. Uh, running communities is great too. Many runners have, you know, also a running or accountability partner as well, um, who eventually become great friends, as you tend to open up when you spend time together running, you know, enrobed in those good feel chemicals and sharing things you probably wouldn't share with most people. So you do get tight with people. The running community is, and I can say this from firsthand experience, honestly, kind and open, non-judgmental. I think after the, um, you know, the recovery community, I'd say they're about just as uh, just as amazing, you know, just as open and non-judgmental. Um, so great. So, you know, because runners don't care how fast or slow you go. We do, but they don't. They don't care what you wear, what body shape you have, how old you are, any of those things. All they care about is that you're enjoying yourself and that you're pushing yourself and you're feeling great about you. And they're always there to, you know, to support others who are feeling low about themselves or, you know, someone's bummed out about a poor result or something they had. People in recovery get a chance to keep that need and want for connection to others going. They can find new friends in something like this, not just have friends just in recovery, which is nothing wrong, but people like to open up their, expand their, their, their network. Being a part of community also lessens cravings as you're tapped into something bigger than yourself. You're not so alone with your thoughts, which can sometimes lead us down dark roads. Being part of a community also gives us the sense of being useful. If we're part of a club or group, you know, we're being depended upon. You know, we, we're, we're there to help keep each other accountable, especially if you have a running partner, as I mentioned. Being of use is a huge need that all humans share. And when we feel that we're being of service, we step out of our own heads. This is why so many recovery models utilize or encourage service work. Another benefit running has for those in addiction recovery is this, the healthy sense of self or self-esteem it gives us. In addiction, we wrapped ourselves up in self-loathing. You know, we didn't take care of ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually even. We felt low. We called ourselves every name in the book. You know, we were bound to old stories, old behaviors. You know, we may, uh, many of us, uh, not myself, but, you know, many have been abused in the past or felt victimized or did risky things because we felt we weren't worthy of being safe or taken care of. When we're running, we start to elevate ourselves. We feel better about our bodies. We feel that we're in control of something that's actually healthy for us. Running improves our mental toughness, something that we struggled with in addiction as we, you know, we caved into our cravings often. Running helps us move through painful experiences on the winning side. You know, injuries, disappointments, etc. come through in running. And when we move past them, we feel better about ourselves. It expands our capacity to change and adapt, which we can spread to other parts of our lives. Running gives us a boost of confidence. When we hit a certain distance or time, or if we you know, make it up that one hill without walking for the first time, or when we get out when we didn't feel like it, we're gaining confidence in ourselves. Running is also great at being the great leveler in humility. And for many addicts and alcoholics in recovery, we know that ego and hubris caused a lot of our problems. <laughs> I can say it did for sure. And so, you know, if you don't finish a race or a run or stumble or whatnot, we realize that we're human and we aren't always going to come out on top. And also, in terms of self-regulation, running, and again, I can attest to this, helps us in our diets and our lifestyle. We find ourselves craving food that's healthier for us, and that in turn fuels our bodies for even more running and exercise. And this also helps to alleviate or reduce any other cravings we may have. You know, when we look at the, the whole overall feeling that running gives us, it taps into the whole mind-body-spirit thing that recovery is just all about. And when we move our body, 
feel connected more to ourselves and get in touch with spirit, when we're more alert and feeling more accomplished, man, do we feel good. And as people in recovery, we can get behind that. Now, having said all this, there's one aspect about running for those in recovery, which some people do worry about. What do you think it is? So it's kind of ironic, or not, depending on how you view it, (laughs) that the one thing that helps so many recovering addicts and alcoholics with their addiction can be addictive on its own. And that is one thing that sometimes crops up with runners and running, recovery or not. If we think about it, and using the information we've pretty much laid out already, it certainly can be something to be aware of. I mean, look at it. When we run, we're capable of producing euphoric chemicals that give us a natural high. We can run whenever and wherever we want, and we can do it on our own, which is what most people do. There's no limit on how much we can run other than the ones of you know fatigue or injury put on us. We're always looking for that next push, the next personal record, the next race or marker of accomplishment. And if we're not careful, we can also use running as a distraction to what is going on in our lives. We can justify running in excess. It's socially acceptable to be hooked on something that is quote-unquote healthy. And when we aren't running, we can be irritable, antsy, sluggish, annoyed. (laughs) I mean, we use the term adrenaline junkie to describe those who are always pushing themselves to the limit, who need that rush of adrenaline just to feel alive. Now, while the term is unfortunate, um, hey, if you wanted to hear more about terms and recovery and such, you can listen to the interview I did with Sean Paul Mahoney on episode episode 52. Okay, plug done. Um, so the term is unfortunate, but it in actual fact doesn't really apply to runners, I find. As we heard, we actually reduce adrenaline in our running, but we tend to think of that when we think of runners who are, you know, seeking to to do ultra marathons all over the world or, you know, enduring bodily trauma in the search of, you know, for more. And that's another funny thing about running in addicts. Addiction, actually, if you think about it again, sets us up for a lot of successful running. And how is that, you, you may ask? Well, as you can recall, addicts are notorious for tolerance, for pain, of single-minded focus, ingenuity, born of desperation, ease with isolation, and a cold comfort with humiliation. (laughs) I love it. We will push through with the worst cravings or worst hangover, dope sickness, whatever it is, and do what we have to do to make it through. We tolerate so much in our addiction that that crosses over into running and some other exercises in recovery easily. Yes, yes. Addicts and alcoholics can be cowardly and immature and fragile and obnoxious and all that. Maybe even lazy when it comes to responsibilities, sure, but not lazy when it comes to getting what we want. There is no one more industrious or creative or more persistent than an addict trying to get the next high. So imagine all that kind of, you know, can be used in running where there's a lot of pain involved, where there's a lot of isolation and all that kind of stuff. But Can running be just another addiction that we have to deal with? Some will argue that you can be addicted, that, as mentioned, we can use it to run away from problems, to self-soothe, to, you know, to get that hit from signing up for a new race or buying new shoes or, you know, whatever, hitting that 50-mile mark you've always wanted. Running as an addiction is, you know, is essentially a chronic loss of perspective of the role of exercise in a full life. An addicted individual isn't able to see the value 
in unrelated activities or, you know, pursues running even when it's against their best interest. I mean, does that sound familiar in some ways? Hmm. Someone who may be addicted to running or exercise has lost that balance. That is, running has become uh, an overvalued uh, entity compared to um, other things widely recognized as giving meaning to a full life, like, you know, work, friends, family, community involvement, all that kind of stuff. And also when emotional connections are passed up in favor of like, I don't know, adding more hours of training or, you know, when injury, illness and fatigue, you know, are not excuses for a workout or run or when all your free time is just consumed by training, then yeah, running addiction could be a play here. Now, others will argue that it, eh, it's, you know, it's not really a full addiction. They'll say that, you know, running has never filled them with shame or regret or turned them into some kind of monster. You know, they'll claim that they never stole or lied or cheated for running. And I hear what they're saying, but it's kind of like comparing anteaters to orangutans. I mean, I've seen addict-like behavior in some runners I know. And while they don't have to go to a 12-step meeting for it necessarily, it can cause strife in other parts of their lives. Now, while I enjoy my running, I mean, my body can only take so much. And I just see it as a part of my life, not the whole thing. But in some way that, you know, but in the same way that I took to sugar and in many ways recovery itself, like I was, I was addicted to recovery at one point. Um, you know, I, I, you know, those were my new addictions after I started drinking. Having a true running or exercise addiction is certainly much better than the alternative. Like, you know, if I was, if my addiction right after, you know, getting sober was running, I'd be okay with that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but not for long. You know, at the core of things, it's still the same causes and conditions that had us reaching for booze or drugs. And those are still the things that need to be addressed in our personal development and recovery life. But overall, it's a subjective thing. You know, I have moments where, yeah, I'm focused as hell. I'm pushing things to the side, you know, to work on my training, especially when it's, you know, training for a marathon. And all my mental energy goes to the work involved in preparing for a race. But it's a healthy way of doing something. You know, if, if I were like that for every run, even the easy ones and putting off family events or important work items, then I'd have to take a look, you know, hard look at myself and, and wonder why that's happening. Running for me is the perfect blend of mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual connection. Muscles working in harmony, getting a good type of sore, getting clarity of mind, feeling emotions as they rise and, and not self-censoring them, getting in touch with the deeper and more authentic me, feeling as one with God or universal mind, whatever it is that, that is out there, you know, feeling connected to others and sensing that I'm a part of, not a not apart from everyone and everything. That is what running does for me. Um, this is why other activities don't cut it for me right now. You know, this is why so many addicts and alcoholics seek solace in running. It takes the best parts of recovery and rolls it into one thing. It connects the dots for many of us. It takes us away from the unhealthy and puts us on target for self-care. It gives us inner and outer peace, something we always sought in our addiction. You know, the chaos out there, we just really wanted the peace inside. And it lets us be ourselves and doesn't ask anything other than our own presence, our own self, our own intentions and joy. It's perfectly imperfect, just like us. Now look, it's not to say that you can't get this kind of response and results from other activities. You could get it from walking or gardening, curling, hiking, skiing, rock climbing, yoga, Pilates, etc. 
And that is awesome, wicked, super coolio, by the way. Um, we can each have our own activities which speak to us. But whatever it is that you choose, I invite you to seek it. I think it's really important that we move our bodies, regardless if you're in recovery or not. But I think especially if you're in recovery, just do it. You'll find a new way of feeling within yourself. You'll come out of it with so many rewards. And it only ripples out, of course. When we feel good about ourselves, our families, friends, work, community, etc., all benefit. It's a win-win. Now, speaking of rewards and benefits... um, I'm just going to pull this to the side here. If you're in addiction recovery or know someone who is and want to up-level their sobriety, then listen up. Being in recovery is amazing. And regardless of what program you're in or whatever it is that you do to have a healthy foundation, there's sometimes that feeling that there's more out there to be had. We can plateau in our recovery or, you know, we have particular itches, if you will, that traditional programs or even self-guided methods just can't seem to scratch. If you feel that you're on good ground with your recovery, but want to elevate it, then you may want to consider coaching. I just want to read a testimonial from a recent client of mine. Quote, I was feeling a need for change and completely lost in what kind of change, where to look, what to do, all of it. I have fought depression and anxiety for years and more than once felt almost already to throw in the towel. But at this point, I was committed to sticking around, but I didn't know how to fight my way out. I didn't realize that quitting drinking was a big deal as as it had been. I've learned a ton, and you, Paul, helped me recognize the size and quality of that change and give it proper respect. Without that, I might have given up. Stopping actually consuming alcohol is only the first part. You're encouraging and positive. It was very helpful to be accountable to someone. You encouraged me to try new things that scared me. I'm consciously expanding my life and exercising that part of me that is brave, strong, takes care of myself. I'm happier all around. And that was from Susan. Thank you, Susan. You can find all the information on www.paulsilvacoaching.com. You can check out the new packages that I just put together uh, the other day that can fit your needs. And you can also book a call with me on there through the site. You can send me a message from there as well. I'd love to hear where you are now, what you're looking to get out of your recovery, and how many of you have support. So check it out, guys. I am booking clients now because it's getting a bit tight. I don't want to put anyone on a wait list. So with that, guys, I'm pulling it back. Uh, I thank you for your time and kind attention. I love, love, love doing this. And I'm going to be talking about the topics you wanted me to cover. I've got a little list. I'm going to go one by one. This was at the top. Now, that's not going to stop you from, you know, if you have a topic that you would like to hear about, send it to me. I'd love to hear from you at paul at paulsivacoaching.com. Send it. I'll add it to the list if it's not already on there. It's going to be great. Um, Thank you again for being here, guys. This wouldn't be happening if it weren't for you guys. This is so cool. Love having you here. Have a marvelous day, and we'll catch you soon on The Buzz.